my name is Dave Hollenbach, the host of From Members to Excellence, a podcast that explores the many facets of leadership from the perspectives of some amazing people. We discuss the triumphs and failures that have shaped our lives and our leadership philosophies. I've found that it isn't whether we fail that defines us, but when we do fail, how we respond. Leaders dust off the ashes and use their failures as fuel to work harder and as lessons to come back wiser and stronger, more resilient, more determined, and more committed to excellence. Today I'm speaking with Lisanne Valentin. She is an actor, author, and amplifier. From Wall Street to red carpets, Lisanne is an empowered empath and a fifth generation shaman. <clears throat> she has been doing this in, in the corporate world as well as the entertainment industry. With mindfulness at the forefront, she amplifies her clients' gifts with shamanic life coaching for the world's empaths, creatives, leaders, and healers alike. So um, we're going to dig into that. This is not too different from some of the uh, previous guests on the show, but uh, this is definitely going to be uh, original. And <laughs> I, I'm like really excited to dig in and, and really get a sense of what you're passionate about. So Lisanne, thank you very much for, for agreeing to have this conversation with me and coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Dave. I'm, I'm excited to dig in, as you put it. <laughs> Let's start off where it all began. Where were you born and raised and, and what was your early life like growing up? I was born and raised in New York, New York City. And from as early as I can remember, I was going back to Puerto Rico at least three times a year. It was really important for my parents, for me to have the sort of like patriotism and to really understand the island even though it was part of, still part of the United States, um, it's a commonwealth and they wanted me to keep the culture alive. And that was, whether I was in New York or on the island, it was prevalent in my life just because my grandfather was, um, <laughs> we didn't use the word shaman, but he was very gifted. And, um, and that was just sort of part of my upbringing to, to understand the plants of the islands, to understand how plants help and, and healing and psychic development was also part of it. And I also honestly didn't know that this wasn't like normal and everyone's like Saturday. <laughs> so I didn't realize it was very different. So spirituality was at the forefront. So like part of my cultural identity was also the spirituality attached to it. And so having a lot of faith, believing in oneself and, and in the, the energy of love and, and how that can move mountains was very much a part of just like my day-to-day -day normal. And your, your family roots are Puerto Rico? Yeah. Yeah. So for what that means for, for me and for those that are not familiar, so Puerto Rico is an island in the Caribbean. And what that typically means is that we're all a mix of indigenous Taino, African, and the Spanish, the Spanish who colonized the island first before it went over to the United States. And within that mix, there was a lot of European ancestry because Spain was trying to bring a lot of a lot more Europeans into the island to make sure they kept the European heritage alive. So there's a lot of French influence, a lot of Irish influence. And my two times great grandmother, who was a renowned healer in Puerto Rico, was known as the Irish one. <laughs> so even though she is she has indigenous heritage and Spanish heritage, she had um, she it was her dad was Irish. So that was enough for her to be labeled the Irish one, even though she was Puerto Rican. So it's such a, it's a place and it's a culture, but one's racial identity just depends on where they lean in their own family tree. The indigenous peoples to the island, mm -hmm. um, is that like a, a, a tribe, like an Indian tribe? Yeah, so the indigenous people are Taino and they're related to the Arawak. Indians of South America for using the natives. And so a lot of the, like, for example, the word barbecue is from the Taino word barbacoa. It's our word, right? So like, yeah. there's a lot of influence. It's just that I think historically around the 1600s, and I may be off on my dates, 
there were apparently no more pure indigenous people. Everyone on the island was already mixed. Now, indigenous, the, the, the Taino were not just in Puerto Rico, they were in other parts of the Caribbean. Um, again, because they were related to the Arawaks. So there's not like, I, I can't, I'm not 100% Taino, you know what I mean? But yeah. I don't, honestly, I don't believe any of any exist. I think yeah. about 1600s, they were all mixed by then. Yeah, but the culture was still very much alive. So what I found was that the word boitiu is a Taino word for shaman, which is what best expressed my two times great-grandmother's gifts. And so she helped people with plant medicine and her daughter was very um, intuitive. That was my grandfather's mom. And my grandfather's, oh my God, he was, all his clear senses were running like he was to the max. I can't even tell you, you walk in and he'd tell you about your whole life. And before you knew his name, like he was just on it. And my mom is intuitive and we would do something called known commonly as, um, laying on of the hands or people call it Reiki, depending on, you know, what their vibe is. And we just did that naturally. That was just part of how I grew up. And so even though I, for a long time, I led a very linear life in terms of having very traditional goals, like get a career, you know, you get a career, you get married, you have 2.5 children, and then you retire probably in Florida, and then you die. Like that was a trajectory of like, what is a, a good life? And that can be a good life. I was decidedly on that path, trying to lower the volume on the intuitive part of my life for many, many years, not realizing that it was the thing that was helping me thrive in my life and ultimately helped me switch gears to do what I loved. You, you went to school in... Mm -hmm. New York City, and mm-hmm. at at some point you you went into acting. Did you go away to college, or did you study there in in New York? <laughs> yeah, so I um yeah I went to college, and so I decided I was going to be a lawyer. That's what I decided I was going because that was like the job. It was either lawyer or doctor, and I picked lawyer. So I went to school. I went to college. I ended up getting a degree. My backup was going to be an elementary school teacher. Like that's not a backup. That's another career entirely. But in my mind, I was like, if law doesn't work out, I'll, I'll teach. I went to law school right after college. And then I ended up becoming an attorney. And instead of going straight into law, I started teaching fifth grade. <laughs> and then, and then I was getting a lot of flack from my family. Like, why are you not practicing law? And I was like, all right. So then I got a job at a firm. And I stayed at that firm for many years. The thing is like law school was like swimming against the current. It was really challenging for me. Um, so was, so was practicing law because I'm highly empathic. So all these gifts that I was trying to lower the volume on kept bubbling up because something in me was saying like, this isn't it. (laughs) This isn't you like, yes, I can logically do this. My brain can handle this. I can pass the test, do the thing and practice law but it wasn't fueling my soul and it would come out in different ways. And, and the challenging part was that I was in litigation. So I wasn't just like doing contracts or reviewing things. I was in court all the time confronting like all this dense energy because it's combative. That's litigation. That's what it is. Your soldier going into your little wars and coming out, hoping to be victorious. So the challenge for me was how do I stop feeling everything at this level? Cause I honestly wanted to stop. I didn't know I could do anything more than that. Now I know it's way more useful than just feeling everything. But at that time, I didn't get it. I didn't make the connection that like I was super sensitive, that I was seeing potential outcomes because that was part of my intuition. I could lean into a certain way in argument because I was reading the room. Do you know what I mean? It's like all these things that I wasn't paying attention to. So I stepped into an acting class to find another way to cloak myself, to sort of protect myself. And that's when like the floodgates opened. I listened to that little voice. I was like, just try this, just try this. And I did it, I thought for the law. And it was like, no, you're doing it because this is what you're about to do. The minute I stepped into that class, like everything started falling into place. I made a plan and I stepped out of my legal career right onto a roll off Broadway. And from there I was on film and TV consistently. And I've been doing this for about 11 years. And so throughout that time, and like I've written books and I've coached other actors and now it's sort of led me into a place where I'm still acting, but I'm also intuitively coaching people so they can understand how 
the part I didn't talk about was how I started understanding that empathy is a gift and not a burden, how empathy is more than being a sponge, it's being an amplifier. Well, can you talk about that? Yeah, sure. So if you can feel emotion, that means you can also project emotion, right? And, and most people kind of get that, right? Like if you're annoyed and, and if you're sensitive, someone's going to feel that annoyance. Oh, what's up with you? I'm fine. I'm fine. But they're reading your, your body signals and maybe you have a face and obviously you're not fine. Maybe you don't want to talk about it. But let's say there's no logical explanation for someone to feel your annoyance. You're happy. You have the smiley face. Maybe you don't even know you're annoyed. Maybe it's just sitting there. An empath will know. They'll feel it without any logical explanation as to why they feel this feeling. Now, if you are amplified in your gifts, which is what I help people do, you'll be able to one, discern whether or not an emotion that you're feeling is yours. You might be able to pinpoint the source. You will know that it is not your responsibility to deal with someone else's feelings or emotions unless you're being invited to or you feel called to in that relationship or situation. And you'll also know how to alchemize energy. All that means is allow yourself to release energy that's not yours and step into a place of love. So you're magnifying love out instead of inadvertently absorbing someone's annoyance and then magnifying annoyance out, which is typically what like people that don't know what their gifts are. That's what they do. So like if you've ever seen that airport experiment where one person pretends to be really annoyed, pacing, 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 and then like it's like a it starts trickling across the, the waiting area in the airport and everyone starts getting pissed off because they're waiting for something. They don't know why they're mad, but now everyone's mad. Energy's like that. Like, it's like, you know, it trickles on until everyone feels it. So now if you are an empath and you're holding someone else's anger and you don't know it, now you're emanating anger everywhere you go. But it's not even, it wasn't even yours to begin with. So how do we amplify that? Learning how to become an alchemist of emotion. So again, like know what's yours, know how to transform that energy within you. So like tools, shamanic tools to release it. And when I say shamanic, it sounds super mystical, but for me, it's just like using nature to get grounded, using nature to release energy, using your words, like law of attraction style, knowing that the words that you speak become manifest, having integrity with your language, like all these little tools help you find a way that's yours. So you can amplify your gift and actually feel empowered in being empathic, feel empowered when you walk into a room to the point where you can walk into a big box store and immediately know, oh, there's a lot of emotion here. Let me make sure I'm grounded. So I'm not absorbing everyone's feelings. I can wait online and not get stressed out. I can walk into, you know, really sad situation and not feel everyone's feelings. So that's what I mean when I say that I'm an amplifier and that I help people amplify their gifts. It's like, how do you really use it in a day-to-day -day that serves you? your specific set of tools. And so, and it's, it's shamanic just because I'm using stuff that I inadvertently learned from my heritage in honoring nature and honoring the nature that is us to keep us in a, in a state of always reverting back to love, always, always, always going back to love. It's really cool. <clears throat> Give you a lot, Dave, like. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I, I am. Like, I, I don't even know how many questions are banging around against each other, trying to be the first one out of my mouth. Mm -hmm. um, but you said love multiple mm. times. Yeah. And I, 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 I haven't shared this. Um, I don't, I'm pretty sure I haven't shared this on the show because it's kind of, you know, hippie kind of stuff but i i was part of uh this this coaching program where the the woman who was coaching us her mother is a, a shaman and you know does the the reiki and there was there's a lot of interesting stuff and and quite frankly i don't know that i would have signed up for it had i known that all of that was part of it yeah but once i paid for it and it became like, oh, this is, this is interesting. Mm. Let's uh, just roll with it and see where it goes. Well, did a lot of, uh, I, I guess, inner work that I, I really needed to do, quite mm. frankly. Yeah. Um, but 
when we would journal a lot of when I was digging deep, a lot of what I journaled about and what I felt compelled to talk about and share with the people in my life was love. And, and it doesn't necessarily, I mean, it, it doesn't mean like romantic love. It's that, um, I don't know, platonic love or just mm -hmm. the, the love that you have for your fellow human beings mm -hmm. and just sh sharing some some positivity like being able to change the energy in the room just by being pleasant and mm -hmm. nice is incredible but that's my elementary understanding of what was going on i was wondering if maybe you could maybe talk a little bit more about what love is to you and how you use that in in your work and and how you share that with the people that you coach okay yeah well first before we even do that i'm going to take a deep breath so you can join me or not but i'm just it's going to be audible it's going to sound very darth vader because this is how i breathe okay so i'm going to just take a deep breath in and i'm going to release I'm going to do that two more times. And I'm doing this because this is how I ground. Getting into a space where I'm focusing on my breath. And I like to do it in a set of three just because it's making sure that I'm not focusing on how to do it right. I'm just knowing it's going to happen three times and I'm going to focus on my lungs expanding, contracting. And now I'm here. I'm fully in the chair. I'm fully in this moment. And that is actually the base out of how I operate, no matter what I'm doing. So when I talk about speaking from a place of love, I'm talking about unconditional love and compassion. I'm talking about looking at a fellow human being and seeing I am you and you are me. And we are that. And when I say we are that, no matter what someone's religious background or spiritual background is, knowing that like if love is at the core, then you can connect to everyone. And sincerely, you can. You can have love and compassion for, for someone who's caused you pain or distress, someone who's standing before you who has pain or distress that perhaps you don't understand. But if you reset to that place of compassion, which to me is unconditional love, then you can hold space for them. And so what I mean by hold space is I'm actively sitting here present with you and we're connecting. And I don't need to fix your problem. I just need to allow myself to be in such a present moment that you feel seen and heard in that process there's an alchemy happening you feeling seen and heard that is an expression of love i don't need to fix you i don't need to change you i'm just witnessing your experience and there's alchemy in that even as i say that i'm getting tingles up my legs and so like when you journal let's say you're journaling and I encourage my, my clients to do this too. Write something and then see if love can respond back. And so what I mean is it's like when I was, when I was in third grade, I, I got a journal and I didn't know what to do with it. And my mom said, write to God. And so I did. And that's what I mean. Like write to your highest self, write to the, the highest form of life that you believe in, whatever the, whatever the belief system, even if it's just you that you believe in, then just write and see if love writes back. And the more you practice, I guarantee you, when you have questions, answers will come. And they'll always come from a place of love if that's the intention you set. When I guide people to start using their words from a place of integrity, it's because we create this reality. If I keep saying I'm having a miserable time somewhere, eventually I'm going to feel like I'm having a miserable time. Just like if I tell people these are words and tools you can use to feel more empathy for someone that eventually they will feel empathy at some point is because they're co-creating an existence where they allow themselves to feel. So when we talk, like if I talk about law of attraction stuff and it says like, I am abundant, you can say it like the word milk 20 times and not feel it and it has no effect. But if you truly believe I am abundant, 
and you feel that in your bones, you attach that to an energy of really feeling like you have the world at your fingertips, like the energy of that, an emotion, a memory. Now your words are creating a reality. This is how you become an alchemist. And so by being that resetting to a place of love and that shifts an energy of, in the room, it will only shift to those who are receptive to love. So if someone has decided that they do not want that, they will not be affected by it. So you're not like interfering with someone's freedom or sovereignty. It's just by being love, you're emanating an energy out. And those who have like a door open to that are going to slowly relax their shoulders, relax their jaw and sort of be in a place of like, oh, I can receive love and things calm. People will come. And it's only because you've decided that you will be different. You'll be that thing. You'll be that beacon. And it does shift a room. Now, does that mean you have to walk into every room? No, that's not your job. <laughs> if it doesn't feel good, get the hell out of that room. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so, and I and I help my clients discern, have that wisdom to discern like what's a situation that you feel that you can use your gifts in and really be of service if it calls to you or learn when to get the hell out of the room, right? And so it's sort of like a vague way of saying, like taking these tools. So like, let me get really specific. When I'm breathing like that, maybe that doesn't rock with everybody. Like my cousin, I would breathe like that with him. He's like, you sound like Darth Vader. What are you doing? It's so weird. I'm like, okay, so it's so weird. So let's play a game. Let's be like children. So if we're like at the beach, I'm like, let's get grounded in water. Let's put our feet in the ocean and really feel our feet in the sand and feel the water and focus on your own breathing, like in and out of waves. So use your imagination to create a reality. And the ocean's really grounding. So many people love to be near it, but so is a hike. A hike is really grounding. So now your, your feet are in the earth and you're focusing on the air or the trees. These different elements or like, let's say you're in a city and you don't have nature around you. You bring nature in, you get a plant, you light a candle and you're using like the element of fire, right? Candles can be really soothing. They create a, they set a tone. And so that's what I mean by like getting into the elements, getting into nature. It's like finding creative ways to bring things that are naturally around us to bring us into a space of love and making it your own. So that's kind of like the woo mystical side of it that I, I ask my clients, the people that are drawn to me are totally into it usually already. It's not someone who's super skeptical. But when I show them that like something that seems super woo is kind of practical, like for example, you're stressed out. People go, well, take a shower. Yeah, because shower is going to get you into theta state and you're going to get super grounded in the water. But no one tells us that these natural instincts that we have actually have like a purpose or a meaning to them. Yeah. Right. And so th these are sort of ways that I help my, my clients ground and sort of like feel into their feelings more and see how they can be of service, you know? It, it's actually, there's a, a couple of things here. So years ago, this is before any of the love coaching stuff that I was just talking about. Mm -hmm. um, this was just me learning to be a better leader and trying to share that with the people that I was leading. Because if I'm getting better at, at being a leader, I want the people that I'm leading to get better as well. Yeah. So when I was promoted, um, the, the person that took over when I moved out of that station uh, ended up getting promoted to lieutenant and he had questions for me and really asked, you know, how was it that you were able to address deficiencies in a way that you weren't mean, you weren't rude, you weren't um, being a jerk about it. You made everybody feel as though they could be better and you working with them wasn't punishment. It was it was showing them that you cared. Mm -hmm. And he's like, how did you do that? And I was like, well, I genuinely cared about you guys. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what you have to do to be a good leader, I think, is that you genuinely have to love those people that you're leading, mm -hmm. care genuinely about their success, 
And I, I think that you can say that to people all day long and unless they actually feel it themselves, mm -hmm. they'll never, um, I, I think they have to experience that themselves in order to, to follow through and, and be that kind of a leader, you know? Yeah, I mean, one, you have to be that so you can emulate that and then allow that to be of service to other people. You know, when I said earlier, like, I am that, I am the love, and so that's why other people can feel it. I've never had a problem caring about other people. In fact, it was such a crutch for me in the law to have so much compassion. It felt like that's not my job. I'm the defense. Like I should not be giving a crap about what's going on across the table. And yet I did. But I understand that's not everyone's journey. You know, I always go back to when we're little. The, our default is compassion and love. That's, that's how we are. We come in and then things happen outside of us where we learn experiences from the people around us who are just doing their best to lower the volume on some things so that way we can be what they think or let's say better leaders. Um, but then you unlearn something you naturally have, which is how to go, lean into compassion for people and to help them feel seen and heard. To be in a space of leadership, you one need to feel loved so you can be love. So if I have a client who tells me, I really want people to feel safe. I want to create, um, I want to create a center for people to feel safe. The thing I say to them is if this is the thing, this is one client I'm actually thinking about. First, you have to be that. You need to one, feel safe in your own gifts so you can be that safe space. If you yourself do not feel safe in your gifts, then how can you be that for someone else? You're standing on a broken foundation, asking everyone to jump on it with you. You cannot. One, we repair what's going on within. Then when you're in that space, then you can say, come on, this is a solid foundation. I can hold your hand. So if you're a leader and, and you don't care about people, it's really challenging for people to feel cared, <laughs> to feel cared for. Yeah. You know, I mean, again, but it's learnable. You learned how to get this way. You can learn how to, to step up into a, I don't want to say better because it's not about being better. You can step up into a higher way of being that's connected to the, the, the part of you that is infinite love, you know, and you did the work. You said you did the work. That's the thing. Leaders have to do the work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, it, oh, here it is. This is really serendipitous that you would start because uh, the coach gave me this journal. <laughs> Breathe. <laughs> it, it's a, uh, I, I don't know. Are you familiar with uh, Thich Nhat Hanh? I love Thich Nhat Hanh. So that's, yeah. I don't know if you can read it at the bottom, but. Yeah. Beautiful Thich Nhat Hanh meditation journal. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> I, so a lot of the stuff that I wrote in here really resonates with when I when I read through it, it's like me learning to love myself and be love. Mm -hmm. And as I'm like as I read through it, I'm like, yeah, this was actually so much more than just a coaching program, you know, mm -hmm. um, it, it helped me grow quite a bit. Uh, and, and I feel like that's what you do when you're coaching. Um, you said that you work a lot with people in law and in the medical field mm -hmm. and, uh, I would imagine you probably coach some executives as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that they're already pretty much, they have an understanding of their own spirituality and, and what you're offering. That's 
why they connect with you, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So can you talk a little bit about some of the work that you do with, with your clients that helps them achieve that higher level that you were just talking about? Right. So if I'm talking about my clients that are already like the mystical stuff doesn't turn them off, right? Yeah. They're, they're yeah. in it. They're like, they're ready as woo as it's going to get they're into it. Right. Yeah. So energetically, there are things that I can see. If I'm tapped into someone's energy, you said something resonates with you. So that I immediately start thinking about music frequency, like, um, like someone hitting a singing bowl, like the sound, right? So we're, we're at that vibration. Within that vibration, I can start seeing what, what's, what's going on with someone because I've connected with them at that level. And I can say, all right, we're going to shift these energies. And, and that might be through guided meditation. That might be through channeling. That might be through some, just some basic stuff like we talked about, like what's your grounding practice? What's your, what, what's going on now? Like, what is the thing that's holding you back now and letting them do the digging? Cause I never want it to feel like, oh, I'm the one that's doing anything. I'm not doing anything. I'm a really cool straw. I'm a conduit and I can sit here and hold space and let that energy just flow through and we transmute it together. Or, um, I'm, I'm receiving information that's coming from a higher place than me. And I'm sharing it with that person. And typically within those sessions, and my legs are shooting up with energy again, during those sessions, they're coming to an understanding, their gifts are kicking up and they're seeing, and their energy is moving, meaning like they might be crying, they might be coughing. There's a lot of physical things that start happening when you start working on, let's say your chakras or the energy within you. So we can start off at a really practical, rational, reasonable, seemingly reasonable place. And then we super get into the mystical component because I see energy like, sometimes I'll see like someone's auric color, their field. Sometimes, so like, it'll look like gold, orange, blue energy around them. Then in them, I might see denser energy. They look like shadows. And that's where the shamanic stuff comes in. And so then if we're, if they're made aware, then we can work on what happens in these energy centers to clear that out. And then typically that's connected to a buried thought, feeling, emotion, memory that they've been holding some so deep that they didn't remember it until I see it, right? Like it's being shown to me to tell them, to remind them. And then we work on practical ways to navigate that space. Cause it's not like you take a pill and something changes. It's like, we're going to work together energetically and now you've got some homework to do. They're telling me, meaning like the divine is telling me, take this step. You know, if you do, I am affirmations, maybe you should start doing some, you are affirmations with your inner child. You know, I'm, it's really, this is when it comes super mystical. Cause uh, again, I'm tapping into a very private place with them and I'm seeing things that, that maybe they don't remember. And it's a two, it's like a journey between the two of us. Cause it's not like I'm I know everything I don't, I'm getting information and they have to help me fill in the pieces to the puzzle. So it'll look like I'm seeing a blue feather. What, what does that mean to you? And they have a whole story around, Oh my God, you know, like that's what that meant. And now we put now there's a reason for it. It's not all nilly willy. Now we're going to talk about, let's say, for example, making this up, like maybe why you're beating yourself up for the fact that you didn't stop at an opportunity of picking up a blue feather, which relates to every time you stopped yourself from following your intuition to do something for yourself. Like, do you see how like, it'll be like something that's seemingly innocuous that really has everything to do with the state of being that they're in right now. Yeah. And the minute they make a session with me, the challenging thing for me is that the divine has gone to work. I'm already connected. I'm already getting information. It's go, go, go. And then I'm connected to them for days. So it's like, they are aware of that. If we're in like a three session period, then that whole month, like it's constant contact. They're like, I'm, it's like almost like we've, we're doing a dance together and we're always dancing until we've decided the dance is over. And so that's what it looks like. And so I'm getting messages and I'm giving them homework and, and I'm inviting them to, to try something new to feed the part of themselves that's starving. Because if we've neglected ourselves for a certain period of time, 
now that we're tapping into that space, we're going to be like, I, this plant needs water. <laughs> Show me where to water it, you know, when to water it. How do I give it the love that it needs? And so I hope I've given you a clear example of like how that can shift and change depending on what that person needs. Yeah. Yeah. That's... But super mystical. I mean, it's like, it's not like a therapy session. This is all energy. Yeah. And what really is interesting, the, the conversations that I've had with other individuals on the show mm. and just in my private life, the first time I ever had Reiki, yeah, it blew my mind. Mm-hmm. But one thing that you said at the beginning of this conversation was the laying on of hands. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was in high school, I had a major fracture to my leg. I, I almost lost my leg. Oh my I ended gosh. up I ended up in the hospital with um, compartment syndrome. They they had to do emergency surgery to save my leg and they weren't even sure that that was gonna work. Mm. But I was in this delusional state and I remember being in the hospital and laying in the bed and the at that time, um, I went to a Southern Baptist church, right? And the pastor and some elders, they came to the hospital and they did this laying on of hands Mm -hmm. and prayed over me. And I was, I have no idea what they said. I just remember a bunch of people I didn't know touching me (laughs) and feeling like, really kind of weirded out initially and then feeling safe and knowing that everything was going to be okay Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like i felt that god was intervening or anything like that it was i i want to say it just was this energy that really gave me that awareness that everything was going to be okay mm-hmm. and i still have my leg i didn't die and happy to hear <laughs> i spoke with another individual ab- about reiki actually mm-hmm. there's been several conversations that i've had it's just it's really interesting mm-hmm. um how i've been able to connect with so many people that there are these common threads where it is directly related to a person's ability to lead others, empower others, share their gifts with other people. But that energy that you share with somebody that you're leading can be so powerful. Mm-hmm. And I, I never in a million years actually thought I'd be saying any of this. So, <laughs> um, it's uh, it's quite interesting because there's experts that I've talked to about neuroscience, neurofeedback. All, it's it's connected. It's mm-hmm. it's all I think different ways of explaining what we're capable of. Bingo. <laughs> and I I just. For those listening, I, you know, those that are still listening, <laughs> um, kudos to you, you know, but uh, having an open mind and I, and, I, and I feel like I try and encourage that, especially, you know, sharing what so many different people have to say on leadership and really mindset mindfulness being able to ground yourself Mm -hmm. and connect with other people on a deeper level it i don't know it's uh it's really cool that you and i were able to connect and and have this conversation because Maybe not everybody that started listening is still with us, but I know that some that get it are still listening. And I think that this conversation will lend itself to other people tuning in and maybe 
um, you know, even connecting with you, the people that want to connect at a deeper level um, could really utilize a, a coach like you to help guide them to this, this, this place of understanding and, and, and love. So. Thank you, Dave. You know, you were talking about this and I kept thinking about your, your career as a fire firefighter because I'm reminded of something. So like, I'm seeing you walking into smoke, right? And then I'm seeing you putting out fire, part of a team going in there, doing what you need to get done, having the logical explanation for what's going on, having your own gut feeling about what's going on, which are all part of how you thrive, let's say in that role. Me speaking about something, so I have no idea what firefighters are, or do other than what I just said, and that's probably way off base. But when I think about that, I think about my life in the law and I think about being thrust into chaos or allowing myself to walk into chaos, to walk into those tiny little civil wars in a way, right? Because it was civil law, I wasn't a criminal and being that light. And so knowing that each of us, no matter what your, your role is, you're a leader at some level in your life. And you're thrust into situations because you're uniquely capable of transmuting energy or changing a situation from one to the next. And you walked into this space, maybe not even aware that you had this superpower of being who, who you are, whether you're a caretaker or whether you're running a, the CEO of a major company. There's something in you that called you to step into that role of where you could change one thing to the next. So that might be making someone's life just a little bit better that day. That may be saving someone's life because you were a firefighter. That may be just giving someone a little bit more peace because you were the peace in an otherwise chaotic day. You can show up as a leader just by being who you are as you are and allowing your gifts to shine just a little brighter. And I wanted to thank you for having me on this show because you, you're doing that every day with each and every guest that you bring here. Whoever has hung on to listen, is listening because there's a piece of them that gets this, that understands this and wants to show, to show out in the world with just a little bit more of this. So many things uh, uh, that you spoke about, like I, the breathing, grounding yourself. These are things, these are tools that are applicable when leading in high stress environments. Mm. When your reptilian brain takes over and you get tunnel vision and you're like hyper vigilant on one little detail to be able to ground yourself and open yourself back up to take in everything that's going on. It, it takes a level of awareness, self-awareness to be able to like take that few seconds to, to breathe and become present again. Mm -hmm. And that bringing order to chaos is, I mean, sometimes it doesn't have to be uh, an emergency or somebody's worst day, but, you know, sometimes being able to connect with somebody on a deeper level can be so powerful and meaningful especially a lot of times, you know, we talk about mental health on this show and individuals like combat vets and law enforcement, fire department, people that are struggling with PTSD. And maybe you're not the one that's struggling with that, but maybe you know somebody that is and being able to hold space and allow that person to unload some of that burden can can be the difference between them sticking around a little longer or or deciding to permanently uh, leave mm -hmm. their life behind but um, so, yeah, no, I, there, there's so much power in, in this 
spiritual spirituality and i've talked to quite a few like high level like tier one special operations guys that in that world of dealing out death connecting to that spiritual side and being able to come back to the the states and turn things around to where now they're you know dealers of hope and there's there's a lot of power in in just being able to open yourself up to the possibilities that there is something deeper and I don't know. It... <clears throat> anyways. No, it's not anyways. <laughs> no, I think it's totally relevant. I mean, I think that those very people you're talking about, they can't be a dealer of hope if they haven't felt the depths of despair. Yeah. And the fact is, if, if you are, you're in combat, you're feeling, at some level, you feel, you're feeling what happened. That, that's a, there's a piece of you that that goes there's a piece of you at any time that that someone's life is in the balance and you're the hand that dealt that no, no matter the cause we're all human beings and that you carry that with you and so now you come back to be hope then you're an, a walking alchemist yeah. you're literally changing an experience to turn it into something for someone else's highest good you don't have to fix people's problems you don't need to fix anyone just allow yourself to be healed enough that invites other people to step into their own healing. And that is just fucking magical, yeah. you know, to be able to be that strong, to do that, to say, I am that I'm going to do that. I'm going to be that winged warrior that walks into darkness and tames it with the light because I am the fucking light with all the F-bombs I've dropped in here. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it gives someone hope. It makes them feel seen and heard the person that is struggling with PTSD. That's a lifelong journey. Yeah. of undoing all of that, all those emotional triggers that set you off because you're in a constant state of survival with all these expectations on your shoulders. You know, it's a lot. And so when you have someone that's been there, walk that walk and come out the other side and says, I see you, I can hold your hand. That means everything. That is not a small, that is such a huge gift, a beautiful calling. So you can call it a shaman, call it a light worker. You can just call it a coach, call it whatever you want. Call it spirituality or just call it humanity, right? Because we are all, in my opinion, our highest selves is that which is connected to the highest form of love, spirit, divine. We are that. We're just having this human experience. And the more we can step into the highest part of ourselves, the more we make the human experience better for everybody else. I feel like you helped me understand a lot more of what I needed to understand, you know, and uh, like, cause man, I, I tell you what, uh, like I was cleaning stuff out today, you know, um, and coming across that journal I mean, I had a bunch of stuff stacked on it. So that just goes to, th I haven't been journaling. <laughs> uh -huh. um, but, uh, you know, and here's what's really interesting is that before I found that, because like on this list of things for me to do is clean office. Mm. Um, but the very top, of my list says build a daily routine meditate journal exercise mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like i know like it's just i mean i freaking wrote about it like these are ways to uh, become a better leader become a better human and live a better life and part of that is connecting with with people on on a deeper level you know and, mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't always connect 
I don't know. This is original here. Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, really cool. And um, and I hope that it comes through in 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 the uh, recording for the people listening. That um, yeah yeah. Please to those listening, reach out to Lisa Ann. Uh, check out her website and. For those listening, what's the best way for people to connect with you? They can head over to my website. It's lgvalentine.com and all the links are there. So just lgvalentine. Right. Yeah, I'll have that in the, the show notes. And um, I also have your Instagram and Facebook. I'll put those links uh, in the show notes as well. So um, before we go, is there anything that we didn't touch on that you you feel compelled to share gosh i feel like everything i felt compelled compelled to share i just let it all out i just was going zero to 60 yeah yeah i'm just thankful for the opportunity to share it here with you anytime like i'm on a show with someone and and it feels like this like the synergy then i know it's something something else is at play and i'm thankful to be a part of it Really, really cool. But thank you so much, Lisanne. And uh, like I said, I'll have the links in the show notes. And um, you know, for those listening, they if they wanted to enlist your services, can you? I, I know you didn't touch on everything that you offer your clients. Mm-hmm. Do you want to share that? Sure. Yeah. Um... So if someone is not sure, but they want a smorgasbord of everything, shamanic coaching is what I offer because then we can dive into the different techniques and areas that I use, which is like this idea of laying on the hands. You can do this like on a zoom. It's like, it's the same. Um, Also Akashic records, which is a nice way for someone who doesn't want to do energy work, but wants to sort of tap into like the knowledge we all have access to, to get clarity. That's something else I offer. Um, and more importantly, if someone just wants to learn how to utilize their gifts, um, I have the Empowered Empath Masterclass coming up this fall. So if they're interested, they can reach out and I'll let them know when the doors open again. All right, cool. Yeah, the Empowered Empath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool shit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Lisanne. And uh, I, I'm sure that we will stay connected. This is uh, really, really cool. Thank you. Thank you, Dave. We will. I know we will. Thank you for listening to this episode of From Embers to Excellence. Please like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Follow me on your favorite podcast platform and visit hollenbachleadership.com for additional content. My goal is and always will be to add value to as many people as possible. So if I can be of any assistance to you or someone you know, please connect with me via email or on one of my social media accounts linked on the homepage of my website. Remember, our failures don't define us unless we let them, and the only true measure of a leader is the success of their team.